How do you define success in your business and the role you play in the company? How do I define success in my business? Well, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people would define, you know, success. And I, and I was actually a part of these people. If, how how much my, my video would go viral and uh, how many followers I gained this month and how big my community is getting. But I'm actually really trying consciously. So I'm trying to stay very conscious into deciding that that does not define my success that my success should be defined by the inner feeling that I'm having. And, you know, yes, you get excited when your video is seen by a lot of people. It's just a very interesting industry that I'm at. So we do get focused on numbers a lot. So yes, that definitely brings you some excitement, but I can never compare that to excitement of helping someone. You know, I can never compare that. And also I think that sometimes we get too much into the following number and viral number and how many likes and comments and saves we got. And we forget to look at the bigger picture. Wait, and who was the... I a year ago? That is the bigger picture. Where that was I a year picture. ago? Did I help someone a year ago? Who was I? I was just, you know, let's say for me, I was just a stay-at-home mom. Well, that's not a just. First of all, stay-at-home moms have the hardest job on the planet Earth. I can never compare any industry, and I've been through a lot of industries. Just stay hey, Ms. Giovanna, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I am doing well. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, For one, let me say that I am grateful and honored to have you. And that I am ready for this conversation for a number of reasons because selfishly, one, I want to know more about plant-based and the effects it has on the body. And then two, I know it's a, my audience would be intrigued by this conversation in terms of one, what made you get into the industry and then industry of turn it into a business and then because I know part of it is lifestyle and part of it is business so you know that's the two focus points I want to focus on today and I just want to let you know that I am honored to have you so before we get started um I would let's role play for a second okay let's say that you and I went to a networking event together right and it's a entrepreneurs in the building we're there and they give you a chance to speak. They hand you the microphone and you walking up on stage. How do you introduce yourself and your business? What do you tell the people in the, in the room? Hmm. About my business? How do you, what would you say? About how, how do you introduce yourself and your business? What do you say to the people? That's a good question because I actually struggle a lot when people ask me, what do you do? I feel like I don't want to be introduced as an influencer because I feel like I'm so much more than that. An influencer could just come from any category. On another hand, if I say, I would love to say that I'm a doctor because I truly do help people heal. And I don't think what the Western society is doing and the Western medicine is doing is the true healthcare. I would kind of consider them sick care and what I do is healthcare. But if I was to just be thrown in the midst of, I don't know, a lot of entrepreneurs and people that don't know me, I would just say, hi, my name is Giovanna. I am the owner of a well-known page on Instagram called Way to Hell Kitchen. And my job is to help people heal from autoimmune and chronic conditions. And I want people to live their best life, to release uh, their traumas they have had in life and just explore their best potential and visualize the best life for them. That's amazing. 
Now, I want to go back. I want to digress a little bit. You said that you don't believe that the Western side of, um, I think you said medicine is not the right way. I, I, I may have said that wrong. What's, what's, what's that about? What, what's the difference? So in the Western or allopathic medicine, which is the medicine that gives medication, you are treated in a sense where your body is separated from your mind, from your soul. And I don't believe that's the right way. I think the nature should be the primary, not the alternative way. I think the Western medicine should be the alternative way when nature isn't really working. Because in some cases, it just won't work or it will take too long or, you know, the case is too severe. That's when I think we, we should turn to allopathic medicine and look for medication. But unfortunately, in the Western medication, in the Western society, in the Western medicine, they just treat the body. They just treat the symptoms. They don't treat the root cause. They don't look deeper um, into what have caused the diseases you have. Most of the diseases from uh, chronic conditions to autoimmune diseases from lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, IBD, um, they only say they don't know what causes it. This is the medication and come back in three to six months for a checkup. And I don't think putting a Band-Aid on, um, on something as big as that is a good help enough because these people are still not having the best lives and they're experiencing a handful of side, of side effects from the medication. You just said a whole lot and there's so much going on in my head right now. Where, where did you get your research done at? Where, 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 how did you come to this conclusion? That's the better question. So um, roughly four or five years ago, I was diagnosed with IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. I have a mixture of Crohn's and colitis, which is probably the worst mixture you can possibly have. Um, it started with bloody bowel movements, continuing into a lot of uh, loose bowel movements, and then my ultimately loss of the ability to walk and talk because of how exhausted and how much pain I was. It led to huge and severe anemia. So when I visited the doctor to first diagnose me and then to kind of tell me what to do, the doctor uh, said that my diet has nothing to do with my condition, that doesn't matter what I eat, it doesn't matter how much I stress, that that doesn't affect my condition, that I should just take her medication and come back in three months. And other than that, I should have a long and happy and healthy life. And at that time, I was someone who would eat Nutella by spoon and a lot of burgers and pizzas and whatnot. But, it, and you know, ideally for me, that would be like, oh, perfect. I just take this pill and it will go back to normal and I, I'll, I'll still enjoy my food. But it just didn't sit well with me. As much of a foodie I was, I still consider myself a smart woman and it just didn't sit right. So I decided to start my own research. I decided to start that alternative medicine um, and, and try to see what other doctors have to say that are kind of not in that business of big pharma, so to speak. So my research started from them. I went to Chinese herbalists, Chinese medicine doctors. I went to... Um, functional medicine doctors, I've done a lot of tests with them to see kind of how, how are my heavy metal levels in my body? How is the glyphosate, the herbicides and, and you know, pesticides that they spray the plants with? Um, how are my micronutrient panel, like my vitamins, my minerals, because everybody's so focused on macronutrients, right? Protein, 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 but nobody's right. talking about micronutrients. So I started with that. I started with some serious tests that are so much better than what the Western medicine offers. And then I've listened to podcasts. I've connected with people from all over the world that were able to heal. I started uh, reading books from other doctors, from Medical Medium, from Dr. Joel Furman, from uh, Dr. Michael Greger, and listening and reading constantly every day until literally took me probably a year and a half 
to kind of put all the pieces of the puzzle together and realize how I got sick and what I need to do to heal myself. Because it was a lot of ups and downs and a lot of trial and error before I was like, this is it. And you found out how you got sick. If you don't mind, just share what was the root cause of it? The root cause of autoimmune condition um, is a leaky gut. So what happens is you have tiny microscopic perforations in your intestines and all the feces that are sitting in your intestines are actually leaking through these holes and going into your bloodstream. So the body mm. attacks it because it doesn't recognize it. Okay. So the body's not attacking you. Your body loves you. Your body went through so much with you and for you, your body would never attack you. The body just knows it doesn't belong there. So it starts attacking it. And once it starts attacking it, it's just um, a lot for body to handle. And uh, the response just gets so big. They give you immunosuppressants to suppress your immune system that's being kind of overworked. But what creates those microscopic holes in your intestines is your lifestyle. We're talking stress. We're talking air you're breathing, water you're drinking. We're talking processed foods. We're talking antibiotics. We're talking over-the-counter medication. We're talking trauma. We're talking heavy metals from rice, from chocolate, from chicken, from lead pipes in your home. We're talking about aluminum cans we're consuming we're talking about perfume sls parabens and everything that are in our cosmetics and our laundry detergent and stuff we clean like the cleaning products and stuff so those are all the things that have to be figured out so that the intestinal lining the mucosa lining becomes strong again and there is no perforations and microscopic holes and the leaky gut gets healed and then there is nothing leaking so the body just lowers uh the attack mode on yourself technically on something else in your bloodstream that just doesn't belong there and you going on a plant-based diet helped fix it what was uh, diet played a huge role diet is not everything absolutely you have to start from scratch so the hardest thing you can do in life is doing introspection with yourself and about yourself so where do you come from? How was your childhood? Uh, did you lose someone you loved? Was one of your parents or both of your parents toxic? Did they teach you how to see world in a toxic way? Did they teach you how to treat partners or friends in a toxic way? You have to start there. You have to heal the inner child inside of yourself. You have to heal the toxic person you are for others. And then you have to understand how to deal with stress. Um, and that's very wide, you know, wide area that we're that we're approaching now but you know stress is different for everybody so but stress is still huge for some people it's 50 percent of healing for some people it's 25 when i work one-on-one -on -one with my clients i can usually tell whether what they're going through is because of some huge trauma like they were sometimes a victim of sexual abuse they were sometimes experiencing um a situation where they lost uh, a parent and they just cannot reconcile with that they just have never truly moved on and some people actually don't lead very stressed out lives and it's all food for them so this, those are usually the easiest one to heal because the hardest you know it's what you eat but it's also what you what's eating you so the hardest is to change what's eating you so um depending on that yes food has huge role like i've said for some people it's 50 percent, for some people 80 percent, for some people 40 percent uh, but food did play a huge role everything else also like adds to it from sun exposure to how much water you're drinking when you're going to sleep um how you're handling stress and you know a lot of doctors will like to make you believe that it's in your genes right I think genetics is 10%. I think 90% is the lifestyle and lifestyle pulls the trigger of your genetics because we did 
we did uh, inherit the DNA from our parents and grandparents, but we also inherited the way we eat, the way we talk, the way we talk to others, the way we talk about ourselves, how we handle stress. So that's all the things that we've watched our parents do and society and mainstream media. And that's what got into our head. It's actually said that by the age of 35, we become 90% a set of unconscious decisions. So we didn't even choose who we are by the age of 35. I agree with that. I agree with that. And <clears throat> I also heard until you start to question everything, then you're just making unconscious decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to digress a little bit because we went so far and you just you just hit me with a whole load of information. Um, you know, it's crazy. I forgot to I was just so excited. I forgot to even do the intro to this podcast. So let me let me start there first. Everybody, welcome, 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 welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hour of Change podcast. And as you all know, on every episode, you will never think the same. You will never move the same. You will never work the same because the information we provide here will, will, will transform your life. And as y'all seeing for the past 10 minutes, it has been information that has already going to make you think on a whole different level. So I forgot to do the introduction. Here it goes. Let's get back into this conversation really quick. Um, to digress a little bit, who were you before all of this happened? Who was I in terms of what? In terms of going on this journey of finding information on this topic of the body and of the mind and trauma and um, diet. Who were you before that? <laughs> That's a great question. Who was I? Um, well, in terms of work, I have had many hats and I've changed so many careers my entire life. I actually majored in English and, and Spanish as, as a minor. So I was born and raised in Serbia, actually. I'm not American. I moved here eight years ago. Um, so switching from that to then coming here, then being in logistics, being logistics broker, then uh, being a lash artist, being an esthetician, being a, uh, I don't know, bartender. Like I've had so many different careers, Uber driver <laughs> for some time. So I've had so many different careers. But who was I as a person? I would tell you I was a highly stressed out, highly traumatized individual throughout my entire life without actually ever realizing that I have been through so much trauma. And without ever realizing that my period was not supposed to ever be painful, without realizing that having migraines is not normal, just because it's common and everybody has it does not mean that it's normal. And without ever realizing that God or whichever higher power you believe at wants you to live such a life where you're thriving and happy and with no pain. And you just kind of created this circumstances and conditions where you are experiencing pain, mental or physical daily, and you just don't know what to do with it because you're not having the right guidance. How did you find out or what was the turning point that made you want to seek out what was causing you to have trauma? Um what was the the point where i what i started seeking the, the the where the trauma was coming from is that your question yes yes ma'am 
So, well, my entire childhood, my dad uh, was really not present and he would just come and go as he pleases. And I just, you know, got so used to it that I thought that was normal. And even prior to my diagnosis, just working with therapists here and there, and now I don't really recommend that kind of healing modality when it comes to your mind. Um, but, you know, the therapist himself has made it very aware that my father was or had a or still has, I guess, I just don't communicate with him, but still has a narcissistic personality. And that has actually damaged me quite a lot and uh, made me into a woman that I really wasn't the best partner for my partners because I was trying to heal my trauma through them. But the more I was diving into the healing and the more my mindset was changing and wait, the more wait, I was... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You just said something that I gotta, I gotta touch on. You said that you were trying to heal your trauma with your significant other. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. It's very deep. I, I never thought about it like that before, that people try to heal their own trauma with the person that they're with. You're usually picking the person you're with based on the person that you loved so much in your childhood or growing up that didn't give you what you needed to receive. So you're desperately seeking from that, seeking from your partner to, to be given that. You want them to heal that part of you that didn't get what it needed from usually a parent. Interesting. Interesting. I love that, though. I love that. Okay. You had said something earlier. You said um, pesticides being sprayed on fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, I have a friend that he does the, what is it called? He does the, I'm trying to remember, what's the diet called where it's just all meat, just meat by itself? I, I don't remember. Life yes, diet? carnivore diet. Yes, he do the carnivore diet. What's, what's your... Because on one side of it, they feed animals stuff so they can grow faster. And on the other side of it, they spray pesticides for fruits to grow faster. So what's, what's the issue here? What, how do we know what's right? But you just answered your question. What do animals eat? They eat plants. That are sprayed with the same stuff. Right. Okay. So... Oh, this is a very deep question. Uh, and, and there is a lot in here. Like, I would like if we can try to break it down into like smaller chunks. So what exactly are you asking me? How to decide what's the right diet for you? Yes, that, that's what I wanted to ask. Okay. So you're asking me. So therefore, this is clearly my opinion. And different yes, people have the rights to their different opinion. And I am not that type of plant-based or vegan as whatever you want to call me person that will go and argue with you or with the internet or with the world. I made peace with my choices. I wish everybody made the same choices because I, I think they will be mind blown, but just in the right way. That's very important to say. But I'm definitely not there to, to fight or get into arguments. I'm just educating on my page. And whoever wants to follow that and it kind of, um, you know, makes sense to them or they have lost all hope in their healing, they're more than willing to try. And I will just be so happy for another person joining who doesn't want to and wants to stick to carnivore, keto, lion diet. They're very welcome to. But in my personal research, in my personal opinion, in my personal experience and in the experience that I've had, with working with over hundreds of people uh, in the last year, 
is that the plant-based diet is in every single way superior than any other diet that exists in the planet. This is proven through many books. This is proven through any research. This is proven through the blue zones. We know the blue zones, which is where people get to live over 100 years in a right. very great, healthy condition, right? So um, what's the difference? So on one side, we have plants. Okay, we have plants that are loaded with micronutrients, that are loaded with vitamins, loaded with minerals, they're loading with phytonutrients, that are loaded with fiber that will make you be regular every day. And uh, regularity is very important against developing colon cancer, diverticulitis, IBS, IBD, and stuff like that. Um, we have plants who are loaded with anti-cancer properties, plants who are loaded with antioxidants that fight the free radicals that cause the cancer. So we have right. one healing group of plants. We're talking fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, legumes, and stuff like that. On another hand, we have, uh, because that's how you wanted to compare it, on another hand, we have a dead animal, we have eggs, and we have dairy products, okay? And we have fish. I would put fish under dead animals. So that animal has been fed antibiotics. That animal has been fed numerous medication that have never been researched what they actually do to human. And this animal is something our digestive system just hasn't been hasn't been the proper way to digest the animal because our teeth are just not made for that. We're we're uh we're fru fruitarians. We're fruitarians. We were not born carnivores. Our intestines, on another hand, are as long as we're tall. So we're talking about six feet tall. Now, think about when someone is irregular every single day and we have this dead animal rotting inside our intestines for three days. So now you wouldn't leave, you know, steak on the kitchen counter for three days because right. it would just be nasty and you would leave it inside of you. You wouldn't pour bacon fat down the drain, not to clog the drain, but you're not worried about what's doing when you put it inside of your body. So we have a dead animal that was just slaughtered and whose pain from being slaughtered and scared got into their tissue and that's necessarily what we're eating because that's how trauma gets stored inside the fat cells. That's what we're eating. We're eating angry animals. And then we have a cow that just became a mother that just secreted a bunch of hormones from becoming a mother into her milk, along with the anxiety from taking her baby away. Because some people don't realize you have to take her calf away so that you can milk her on the machine. And she's very stressed out and anxious. And now we're milking all of that. Then we're further processing it and adding a bunch of additives and junk and preservatives. And then we call it cheese. And then we also have eggs that are kind of chicken's reproductive system in a sense, because that's ovulation, right? Just like women ovulate every 14 days from the beginning of their cycle. That's what we're eating in an egg. So it's a load of hormones. If the chicken hasn't been fertilized, if the chicken has been fertilized, then egg would kind of be abortion. So one side, we have all these nasty things that we have just talked about. And on this side, we have fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds and plants that yes, if you're not eating organic, they have been sprayed with potential glyphosate and with other herbicides and pesticides. If you're eating organic, then by the law, it cannot be sprayed with that. It's just spray being sprayed with just a few that have been approved by FDA and USDA. So I think that the comparison here is easy, which way to go. Right, it is, <laughs> it is, it is.
was it hard for you to make the decision to to go um, plant based? No, it wasn't hard because I did not go overnight. Neither I knew that was my journey because I just started with gluten-free and dairy-free diet. That's the first thing I learned that gluten and dairy are very inflammatory, especially the way that it's um, it's being done in the U.S. And I also went off refined sugar. So that was kind of just done in one day. And that first week, I very vividly remember being sick. And I was nauseous and I had fever and I felt like the devil was leading my body. How bad I have felt. I've never felt like that. And that lasted for maybe five days. And then after that, I just got this insane load of energy and just mind clarity that I never understood before. Like, wow, I can be this sharp. Like, I felt like my mind wasn't clouded with intrusive thoughts. Uh, thoughts Like, I could make a decision faster and I could make better decision. It, it was just really weird. And then it's actually been, I don't know, probably four or five months when I stopped eating eggs and red meat and cold cuts. And then I kind of thought, all right, now I'm just eating chicken and turkey and chicken, turkey and fish, and it's kind of going to stay like this. So I never got into this with the mindset I'm going to go plant-based. I actually thought that vegans are super weird and I just really didn't like that word. I still don't like it, but now from different reasons today. But back then I really thought that vegans are super weird, just like, you know, hippies from, I don't even know, like right. crazy people. Like, what do you mean? Um, so, and then ultimately after watching actually one of the documentaries, uh, What the Health, which I highly recommend to everyone to watch it. On Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, what the health? And I watched it and it said that in three weeks, your inflammation, because I was trying to heal at the time, your inflammation will go down by 30%. So I was like, all right, let me just give it three weeks. I'm going to just go off of, you know, the chicken, turkey and, and fish and see how I feel. And I just never went back. I just really liked how I felt. And I was just so tired of eating chicken and rice every single day. Like I, I eat so much better now that I'm plant-based, gluten-free, refined, sugar-free, seed oil-free, making everything at home than how I used to eat before, just constantly doing chicken, turkey, and rice, and potentially some vegetable, probably usually potato and ketchup if you count that. So um, yeah, it wasn't really hard because it just went slowly and I slowly found... Um, substitution for the foods that I've loved before. I don't think it would be able to be as sustainable if if I didn't find the substitution for the stuff that I loved before. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Your, your depth of knowledge on this subject is so deep. It's, it's, and I want to applaud you on that because you know your stuff. Thank I, you. I do want to applaud you on that. Um, at what point did you decide to turn this into a business? That's a good question. Again, uh, that was never my intention. So uh, the first week when I went off gluten and dairy, I just realized how it was very weird for me to find what to eat and what to cook because like everything had gluten and dairy. And then right. all of a sudden I was just forced to start reading ingredients in the store. So I would spend like two, three hours in Whole Foods trying to read the ingredients and looking whether I can eat this or I can't eat this. Can I eat that? Can I eat that? And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm finding really good recipes. And I'm like, well, let me just, you know, start posting on Instagram without any single thought about where it could go. Like, I was a stay-at-home mom. You know, uh, my child at the time, I don't know, she probably had like 10, 11 months. And she was kind of okay. You know, I, I didn't really have too much to do around her. And I was like, all right, let me just, you know, do it as a, like a side hobby. 
So I started posting and soon enough, I really started enjoying creating content. Like it was really hard in the beginning. And I like, I think everybody should go and see my first reel. It's absolutely crazy. I didn't even make it to finish the recipe. I just made the dough. I was making uh, strawberry rolls. I didn't even make it to like to finish the dough. And at that point, I think reels could only be 30 seconds. Like now you have right. options that it was just 30 seconds. So I just posted it as is. And I said, one day I'm just going to laugh at this. So I'll just leave it here. But it was just hilarious. Um, so yeah, slowly that has turned into a very successful and fruitful business. And I'm very, very, very blessed to say that because, and I think the reason why my business is becoming, and I have to say is becoming because people don't know this when they see the amount of followers, I'm, I'm approaching 800,000 followers. Uh, I have been doing this for a year and a half only. Wow. So I'm very new to everything. And I think the reason why I am scaling and growing fast is because my first goal is to help people and money followed. And that's the reason why. First goal is to help people. That's big because a lot of people have it the other way around. Yeah. They want to get the money first. That's big. No, for me, money just followed and money still follows me and money will come. But my biggest goal was to help people. First, it was just like a, a tiny help I could do. Just like show you how to make gluten-free and dairy-free stuff. And then now we turn into helping over hundreds of people heal from very severe diseases when somebody messages me and says hey i cannot believe i have been constipated for 10 years and i'm d3 on your protocol and i have been going you know to the bathroom every day just like you know my heart just wants to explode from happiness or especially if i have ibs people who sometimes have 10 to 12 you know, lose bowel movements and their lives are just not normal. They, at that point, they just surrender to the disease and they're working their way around their disease because they never know when they're going to go. They don't, they don't go to events. They don't attend functions because they're worried they're going to have an accident. They drive with, you know, a bucket next to them. It's just very stressful lives to have. And when you have those people come to you after six months and say, I go four times a day an hour, my stool is formed. TMI, I do love talking about stools a lot, so we can talk about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, 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 a part of, it's a part of our natural process, so, yep. Uh, I, I, well, I'm guessing it's different components to this business. I know one of it that I think that I remember seeing is you have like a recipe book or a cookbook. So what's the what are the different components to this? And I, I'm, the reason I'm asking is because I know it may be not. I'm not sorry. I know there is someone that wants to do the same thing that you're doing. They're plant based, but you have a successful, thriving business, and they are looking to get started in the industry. They want to do the same thing. What are the different components that you have that you? Uh, having your business and how, what advice could you give that person? Yeah, so there's certainly a lot of components with this type of business and this type of niche. It's literally like the sky is the limit. I don't even know how many projects I, I have started, how many projects I, I plan to, how many doors have opened for me. 
But um, if you're asking me about ways to make money with this business, it's certainly you can do paid partnerships with um, with brands. When it comes to paid partnerships, that's probably the largest chunk still of my income. And I am very proud to say that I am very selective with which brands I partner with. So because I am very selective with the ingredients I allow into my life, I would never jeopardize the trust that my audience has put in me for six, seven thousand, eight thousand dollar contract, they would just be one and done and just jeopardize the trust that they have developed in me. So that's number one advice I can I can give you is you need to stay true to who you are and you need to stay true to these people because even though ultimately these people are not technically paying you or you know supporting the lifestyle you have, but you have nothing without these people. And I think influencers do um, forget often like where they come from and how who helped them build themselves up because without all these people my business wouldn't exist so ultimately i owe them the respect and i owe them to know the truth and never to promote something i wouldn't put in my body or my daughter's body or in my household so that's the biggest rule for me uh secondly yes you're right i do have three recipe ebooks they're educational ebooks they're not just recipe ebooks they teach you how to pick tofu they teach you whether oats are gluten-free or not they teach you how to know if banana has has been sprayed even though for example it says organic on it um so it teaches you a lot about food and how to pick it and what kind of ingredients to look for in chocolate and stuff like that um the third component uh, which is my second largest one is my clients so i'm working one-on-one -on -one coaching with clients where i teach them how to reverse autoimmune diseases and chronic conditions ibs um multiple sclerosis lupus endometriosis pretty much whatever you can think of. I have cancer patients, I have um, depressed people, people with the severe anxiety disorder. So pretty much from every every kind of, you know, um, mental or physical alignment you can possibly think of. Um, next things that are here for me are going to be my Way to Hell Kitchen app, which is going to have meal planner. It's going to have links to all the products that I use when I'm cooking. So you never have to wonder what flour I'm using. Uh, it will be converted into grams. It will have full macronutrient profile. Um, after that, I do plan on developing my own healing course as a way for myself to scale business and also help more people at the same time. Because unfortunately, I work very limited hours because I'm a single mom and because there's just... I'm still a one woman show pretty much. I do have some people that are on my team, but nobody that's like full time there for me. So app is next, course is next, uh, writing a book is next. So uh, supplement companies waiting for me to create our protein powder because I think the market for protein powder is very weak in terms of good quality, high quality ingredients without natural flavors and artificial flavors and gums and, and whatnot. So definitely a lot of doors being open and just waiting for me to pull the trigger. That's amazing. That's amazing. And with, with all of that you have going on, I just want to take this time to let you know that I am sending loads of love to your business. I'm sending loads of wins to your business. I'm sending loads of more clientele to your business and everything that you put your hands on. I want to see you win. I want to see you do good. And yes, ma'am. While we're here, you said, uh, well, first let me digress a little bit earlier. You were talking about how Western society, um, they basically put a bandaid on the problem, right? Do you think that this, do you think that is because of capitalism? 
it's just the profit. There's nothing more to it. Gotcha. And then two, you said just now that stay true to who you are, right? When you were giving advice to a person that maybe went looking to get in industry, with staying true to you are, let me ask you this question. What do you think the purpose of life is and how does it shape your decisions? What do I think the purpose of life is and? And how does it shape your decisions? Hmm. So everybody should find their own purpose in life. And this is something I'm really battling with my clients as well, because a lot of people I have said until the age of 35, they have just become a product of their parents and the product of the society. The society thinks you should be this. Your parents think you should be a doctor. Your parents think you're not. Do you? Just do whatever makes you happy. It's not true that only if you graduate from college, you will actually, I, I don't even think that at all, that if you just go to college, you will be successful because I have plenty of people, actually, all of the people I know pretty much either didn't go to college or are doing things that have nothing to do with their college because it's a closed mindset and they teach you mostly how to stay poor. If you're working for somebody else, you're you're working for somebody else's dreams. If you're working for yourself, then you're working on establishing your dreams. Now, on another hand, that's not for everybody. There are people who say, I would never be a successful business owner because I need someone to tell me what to do. I need someone to tell me you have to show up here at eight in the morning. I'm not that type of person. I don't like to live that kind of lifestyle. And I, I just knew that from the beginning that, that that was just not for me. So everybody should just decide what their purpose is, how they want to live their life. But they have to stay conscious. They have to learn how to how to mute that inner voice telling them they're not good enough or their parents comparing them to their siblings or comparing them to other more successful peers of theirs. They just have to find that for themselves. Like I've said, the hardest thing to do is to look yourself in the mirror and see truly who you are, all your flaws, all your potential, all of the stuff you could be doing, but you're not doing. The hardest is to look yourself in the eyes. And to add to that, your mission is more important than money. But most times, most people don't know how to make money from their mission, so they're going to work for somebody else's mission. And like you said, you know, until you look yourself in the mirror and figure out your flaws and your potentials, then you'll be stuck behind that veil. Yes, ma'am. Um, our next question I want to you is, ask you, sorry, is if you could become an expert at marketing or sales, which, which one would you choose? Hmm, marketing. Why marketing? Because marketing drives sales. You can't get sales without good marketing. Marketing is everything. Everything you see around you is marketing. Everything you see around you is a transaction. People want to live in a fake bubble where, you know, stuff are happening for this or for that reason. Everything in life is transaction. Even someone spending time with you or you wanting to spend time with them is a transaction. They say, but I've done so much for you. No, you didn't do anything for me. Neither have done anything for you. I have done it for the feeling that I have when I see you happy. People are very selfish. They just don't want to admit it. Or they're not aware of it. Maybe they... They're just not aware of the fact that we're all, as humans, very selfish. We do everything for us to feel our best. That's interesting. From the point of saying that we are selfish. Yes, 100%. 100%. You You wake up one day and you say, oh, you pick your partner, okay? And you say, I love you the most and I'm willing to move for you. You're not willing to move for them. You're willing to move because 
they make you feel great and you love who you are when you're with them. You didn't you. just wake up in the morning and you said, oh, I'm going to move for you because you love me, but I have no feelings towards you and I really don't care about you, but I'll, I'll just move for you. I'll just move for anybody. You don't do that. Right. So all of the tiny sacrifices and, and investment you do is into ultimately your own happiness. And that's okay. I love helping people because I love how it makes me feel. When I see right. people that I have helped, I just get so happy and aesthetic and I love seeing myself and feeling that happiness. So ultimately, yeah, I do it for selfish reasons. How people healing makes me feel. Makes sense. Make a lot of sense. That make a lot of sense. How do you define success in your business and the role you play in the company? How do I define success in my business? Well, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people would define, you know, success. And I, and I was actually a part of these people. If, how how much my, my video would go viral and uh, how many followers I gained this month and how big my community is getting. But I'm actually really trying consciously. So I'm trying to stay very conscious into deciding that that does not define my success. That my success should be defined by the inner feeling that I'm having. And, you know, yes, you get excited when your video is seen by a lot of people. It's just a very interesting industry that I'm at. So we do get focused on numbers a lot. So yes, that definitely brings you some excitement, but I can never compare that to excitement of helping someone. You know, I can never compare that. And also I think that sometimes we get too much into the following number and viral number and how many likes and comments and saves we got and we forget to look at the bigger picture. Wait, and who was the... I a year ago? That is the bigger picture. Where that was I a year picture. ago? Did I help someone a year ago? Who was I? I was just, you know, let's say for me, I was just a stay-at-home mom. Well, that's not a just. First of all, stay-at-home moms have the hardest job on the planet Earth. I can never compare any industry, and I've been through a lot of industries, to stay-at-home moms. But you're not doing much for the world, is what I wanted to say. And now a year later, maybe let's say your video, your videos are down in views, and maybe you're not gaining, like at one point I was gaining 100,000 followers a month. Maybe now I'm gaining... 10,000 followers a month, but I have helped 200 people on the way. So look at the bigger picture. That's why even with meditation, sometimes we allow the intrusive thoughts to kind of overpower us as if the waterfall was falling on our head. So what's very good technique to do is to kind of separate from the waterfall and just observe and see what is going on. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do every time I get a little bit impatient or like, why is it like this? Oh, Instagram hates me. And like, you know, oh, this algorithm is just not doing anything for me. I say to myself, stop. Separate yourself and see how you sound like now. Because let's let's just observe this in a in a analytical and in a logical and objective way. Okay? Because again, it's very easy to go into the dark space. I didn't do well enough this month. This month is this month that. Because again, that's what we were taught from our parents. You're never good enough. You have to keep working more. How can this person be more successful than you? Why does he or she have better grades than you? It's just we have been conditioned to be like this. But it's the consciousness of our mind that can pull us away from this when we say, I want to change. I don't want to be like this anymore. I want to be a different person. So you have to practice every day and challenge yourself and your own thoughts. How did you... How did you come to this realization? Because a lot of people, they be stuck for this and years and years and years and years go by and they still remain the same way. How did you come to this realization? 
Well, I'll tell you definitely how I didn't come to this realization. I did not come to this realization by sitting on my couch and watching Netflix. You know, a lot of people want to change, but they also want to be a couch potato and sit and be sorry. But I'm in my 30s, let's say. These are my prime years. Like, I'm not sitting there watching actors or sports. Like, hate me. All the sports fan can hate me. I don't like watching anybody making money, to be honest, when I can get up and make my own. When I can get up and, and you know, book a call with a hypnotherapist and walk and, and walk through my childhood and work on myself. Yes, obviously, sometimes you need relaxation, but you know what I'm talking about. People who yes, are just binge watching everything for eight hours a day and dreaming, oh, how nice it would be if I was this graphic designer. Get up, open your LLC, start working, get out there, post yourself, be there, be present, do something about it. It's just not going to come from the, from the sky. And I don't think you should even work harder. You should work smarter, but you have to start doing something. You can't just you know, be around your wishful thinking. That's the same way how healing happens. I can't just say, I wish I wasn't sick today. You have to do something about it. And just sitting around and watching people, you know, around you it's, and then wishing you were them or scrolling on Instagram and wishing you were a Kardashian is just not going to get you there, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I just got done reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And one thing that he said in that book was that riches doesn't come to wishes. Yeah. It does not come to wishes. Um, and then to add to what you said earlier, uh, I heard, you know what? This is, this is, everything that you just said was one of the reasons why I decide to get in the industry of becoming a podcaster because I just was on this quest of just wanted to find out more and more and more information. I want to become more knowledgeable and that's what led me on this journey to become a podcaster because I have a very curious mind and I just want to be able to share what I learned along the way. So that's what it's about for me. That's what my mission is about. And thank you for being a part of that mission today. I love um, that. And I just have to, I have to say, I'm sorry for interrupting, just one really interesting fact. I hope you don't mind me um, me sharing this. But why I think that you actually uh, are and will be even more successful in your niche is because you're very persistent. So for some time, I kept saying, no, no, I don't have time. I cannot do this. I don't have an hour of my day. You know, I just, it's just really a lot going on in my life. And you just stayed really persistent. And you see, you you ended up getting me. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you have this type of personality because you do need that type of personality to succeed in anything in life. So, you know, there is that sentence that if, if you keep being said no, you're just knocking at the wrong door. So just keep knocking at all the doors. And, and trust me, sometimes one door is open and then thousand other doors open. So just never give up and keep pursuing what you love. That's amazing. I, you know what's funny? I, that's usually one of the questions I always ask my guests is I would like for you to tell a story on how you and I connected because I want to start building this this narrative or this conversation piece for my audience to let them know how I'm connected with my guests because like you just said persistent pays off so I know you briefly told you know how you and I connected but if you don't mind to just elaborate just a little bit more because I want them to know like how I'm connecting with everybody you're just pursuing the people that you really wanted to be on your podcast you for some reason you know made a decision that you think I could add value to your podcast and then you just you know invited me to be your guest and I couldn't and I couldn't for the long time and it was this and that and you know always something else popping up and happening and then 
I just kind of liked that you were that persistent and that you really wanted me there. I was like, you know what? I think he really deserves that hour, even though that I don't have it, I will make it up for him. So that's kind of how it went with the two of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And while it's on my mind too, like you just said five minutes ago about, you know, sitting up watching sports, binge watching Netflix. I heard uh, someone say this one time when he said that, he said, you know what I don't understand about poor people and middle class people? They would spend time watching their favorite team win. They would they spend time watching their favorite players win. But their real favorite team is at home losing, which is your family. How are you watching your favorite player win at the highest level for their family, but your favorite team is, is at home losing? doesn't make sense. And when I heard it, I turned the TV off. That was it for me. That was it for me. So... It's all the entertainment for the poor. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I know our time is short today, but I want to say thank you for being a part of it. And I, you just said so much that I want to like dig deeper on. But, um, you know, if, if possible, I'd love to have you back on again to, to be able to come on and, and have another conversation. But right before we close out, I always ask this last question. And that question is, if the world is listening to you today, what is one piece of advice could you give to humanity? Hmm. Well, just one. Just one. I know it's so many, but just give me one. Work on yourself. Every single day, work on yourself. Your happiness doesn't come from your partner. Your happiness doesn't come from your job. Your happiness doesn't come from your kids. Don't expect so much from them. They shouldn't be here just to bring you happiness. Your happiness needs to come from within and you have to work on it. You have to work very hard on healing your mental and hearing your inner child and healing your condition and getting the most energy you can possibly get. You were born to thrive, but you have to work on yourself every day. It's a very tough project to work on. It's a long project. It never ends, but it's the best project you can possibly work on. Work on yourself, guys. Y'all heard it best from Ms. Giovanna. She couldn't close it out or said it no better than that. Again, thank you so much for being a part, and I'm looking forward to many, many more conversations. And, um, oh, one last thing. I promise you, this is the last thing. If it's anybody that you think would be a good fit for the podcast um, for me to interview, you know that around this type of conversation, entrepreneurship and business, who would it be? I'm putting you on the spot. I know you have one person you could connect me with. There is a person who is actually, who has become a really good friend of mine. He's an owner of a, the best, I would say, um, vegan restaurant in Chicago. And he is from uh, kind of my area, former Yugoslavia. He's from Montenegro. He's an amazing and very successful business owner, also vegan, also had like great journey in his health and his father's health. So I think he can definitely bring a lot of value to your podcast. Thank you so much. So now I'm giving you a little bit of homework just to connect us. Sure. I'm being no I'm a, I'm going to be persistent with that as well. <laughs> Again, <laughs> thank you so much. He just loves helping people, so I'm sh I'm sure he'll do it for you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Other than that, we are out of here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am.